friends, and welcome back to Shit That Scares Me, where we talk about all kinds of scary things. I'm your host, Teresa, and today we are discussing college. I know what you're thinking. That's not scary. Well, you are wrong, and I will tell you why. Um, I am in college right now, and going back to school as an adult is absolutely terrifying. So, um, I'm going to talk about myself in this episode, and not in a narcissistic way, I don't think, but you'll have to let me know if that's what you think. Now, I did not particularly like school when I was growing up. Uh, I loved learning, and I still do, but I want to learn at my own pace, meaning probably faster than anybody else. Uh, I also never wanted to be bothered with things like homework or going to class, uh, even when I was in high school, especially if I already knew the material and I was able to prove that like through a test. Um, I just, I just couldn't be fucked. Uh, as a result, I ended up not being a great student. Um, I passed all the tests and, and got great test grades, but unfortunately for me, high school and college, uh, the teachers actually count if you do the homework or show up for class. Um, and that really didn't work out well for me. Um, also, when it came to college, I didn't have much support. Uh, my parents did not do the thing that, you know, so many parents do where they start talking about college when their kid is a freshman in high school. Um, by the time my parents brought up college, it was like most of the way through my junior year and the beginning of my senior year. I, I had no idea that I was even supposed to start applying for school. Uh, and by the time they brought it up, it was kind of too late. Uh, there, we didn't do any college visits, uh, no admissions issues or decisions. Like I didn't have my pick of schools or anything. So, um, I also didn't have much support when it came to financial aid. Um, uh, my parents, you know, made decent money when I was growing up, but they kind of took issue with the idea that their financial information would be used to determine what my financial aid package was. And they weren't really interested in filling out the FAFSA or, do, or doing any of the financial aid stuff. So without that, I wasn't eligible for loans. And, you know, I was a 18-year-old kid. It's not like I had any savings. So, um, and, you know, not for nothing, but I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. And honestly, even now, I'm not really sure. But I also think that it's insane that we expect teenagers to be able to make this kind of decision. Like some kids are really passionate about a thing and that leads them to a career, but I wasn't one of those kids. Um, the only thing that I have ever really been passionate about was writing, but uh, so many people discouraged me from being a writer or majoring in English or even being a journalist. Uh, the opinion at the time when, I mean, we're talking late nineties was that with an English degree, the only thing that I could really do is teach. And I didn't particularly want to be a teacher. And, uh, the writing was on the wall as far as print journalism, even in the late nineties. Uh, you know, they didn't really equate, um, online, like the internet with journalism or, 
writing or anything like that. So we didn't really know how that was going to pan out. Uh, people just knew that newspapers were dying. So uh, I also, I didn't really feel ready for college right after high school. So I took a semester off and I worked um, my first job I got when I was a junior in high school. I worked at Target and this, I equate um, working at Target as like, that's the reason why I love Target so much now. I was brainwashed as a child. So I took a semester off and I like helped manage the front end and I learned a bunch of other stuff in the store and I helped out with a bunch of projects and I helped like worked overnights and stock shelves and I did a little bit of everything and, and learned a lot about the store and retail operations and whatever. Um, just enough to know that I didn't want to do it for the rest of my life. I also, in that time, the goal was for me to figure out my life. Uh, it didn't really work, obviously, um, because I was still like an 18 year old kid, but I knew that I needed to get some of the basic coursework out of the way before I could really even think about a major anyways. So I enrolled in a local community college. And uh, this community college in my hometown uh, is sort of like 13th grade. Everybody who is sort of uh, floundering and doesn't really have a direction ends up going to the same community college. Some kids transfer out after a year or two. Some kids graduate with an associates and move on with their lives. Other kids like me, uh, do neither of those things, but the goal was to just get the basic shit out of the way. And so that I could move on. And my first semester was fine. Uh, I was still working full time because I was paying for school out of pocket and I had other bills I had to pay. I had a crappy little car, but I still had to put gas in it and pay for insurance and whatever else. And I also had an old cell phone. It was like uh, one of those old Nokia flip phones with an antenna uh, that was a huge brick. I had one of those that I had to pay my mom for. Um, so, you know, I kept working full time. Um, I was exhausted, but I could do it. Uh, I would get up and leave for school around 7 a.m. for my 8 o'clock class. I would be in school until 3 or 4 o'clock, and then I would go straight to work, and I'd work until 11 p.m. or midnight, depending on the day. So we're talking some very long days, and I was exhausted. And when I would get home at 11.30 or midnight or whatever, I would usually still have schoolwork to do. Uh, so I do that for basically until I passed out and then I would get up the next day and do it again. I mean, I was 18 years old. I, I didn't need sleep. Now near the beginning of my second semester, I, some pretty major stuff happened in my life. Um, I wasn't able to live at home anymore. That was the biggest thing that happened. And so I had to get an apartment. Um, I got an apartment with a work friend. It was like a tiny, crappy basement apartment, and the the door lock didn't work, and uh, like it was just so tiny. I just re like remember feeling like there was no space for either of us in that apartment, but we had to live there together. Um, and that happened in, in my second semester of school. Now, 
I had to then work paying rent into my budget. And I also had to pay for food and I had to pay for utilities. And there were all these other expenses that came up that meant that I had to keep working at least full time. I had to start picking up extra hours. And the more hours I spent in like at work, the less time I had for schoolwork, the less time I could even spend in class. Um, and I remember very distinctly getting a phone call from one of my professors. Uh, I had slept through the third or fourth class, and she told me that if I didn't show up to the next class, she was dropping me from the course. And I was so serious. I was like, yes, I will be there. I'll be there. And of course, I ended up having to work overtime and I slept directly through the kept class and she followed through. She dropped me. I got an incomplete for that class and I had to make it up the next semester. And that's kind of how that went. I started getting dropped from classes and I even failed a couple of classes and I realized that I was just throwing, literally throwing money away. Because remember, I'm still paying for school out of pocket. So it was like I would collect my paycheck and set it on fire, continuing to go to classes uh, and failing stuff. So I had to keep a roof over my head and I had bills to pay. So work took priority over my education. And I wish that things had been different. Unfortunately for me at the time, they were not. Uh, I did try to go back to school once in my early 20s. I think I was 22 or 23, um, but kind of had the same experience with work and school and, and struggling to really balance it. Um Except at this point, I was working in a corporate office for an automotive care company. And as soon as my boss found out that I was enrolled in school, he started uh, giving me lots of extra projects to do and asking me to work overtime. He sent me on a couple of business trips. Uh, he was not terribly supportive about the idea of me getting an education because he knew that uh, with a degree, with an education, I would not want to work uh, for him for $8 an hour anymore. And uh, he valued my labor enough to keep me there, but not enough to pay me more. So, but that's a whole other story. Since then, I have had many jobs. I, like I said, I worked in a corporate office. Uh, I was a, a facilities assistant, which means that I helped take care of like all the buildings and equipment for the business. I've worked in call centers. I have worked retail again after I left Target. Uh, I've done all kinds of stuff, but it's primarily been focused on customer service and support. Uh, which is what I'm doing now, actually. Uh, I work in the uh, on the support team for a dating app, one that you've probably heard of, uh, one that you may have even used, uh, but I work in their support team. I also help with site moderation and safety, basically keeping um, assholes and dick pics off of our website. Um, and it's 
it's a job. It pays the bills. It's not something that I love or that I want to do for the rest of my life. I'm good at it. And like I said, it pays the bills, but I'm not particularly passionate about it. Um, it's not like I wake up every day and I jump out of bed and I'm so excited to go to work because I love my job so much. Also, working in support is objectively terrible. Uh, anybody who has ever worked support will agree with me. Uh, people are mean to support reps, just as a general rule. And that's not even taking into account, like, what you're supporting, the kind of product you're supporting, or what department you work in. Like, people are just mean. Uh, and this is my PSA. Don't be mean to support reps. We are people too. So now, here we are, 20 years later, I'm pushing 40, and I'm still working the same kinds of jobs that I worked when I was in my early to mid-20s. I don't feel like I've really gotten anywhere. I have read a lot of books and gotten a lot of education, but no formal education. Um, And even my current job, I've worked for my current company for almost six years, and I've had the kind of stability and job security that makes people complacent, and I don't really have that anymore. Um, Some stuff has happened in the last year that has made me uh, concerned about the future of my role with this dating app. Um, So rather than moving into another support role and basically starting from scratch with a new company, I'm attempting to get my degree, and make a much bigger career change and not work in a customer-facing role anymore. Um, Part of me will miss it. Part of me is really excited about the idea of never talking to customers ever again. So I enrolled in school full-time in December, and with any luck, I will be graduating in December of 2021 with my Bachelor of Science in Business Administration and Marketing. And I'm very excited. Um, I had briefly considered other types of education, like a certificate or trade school, or even um, just getting my associates and calling it a day. But I didn't find any program that I was really interested in or thought I could spend the next 20 years doing, because I will be working for at least 20 more years. And that's a really long time. And the idea of working in some of these jobs, like, you know, going to trade school and being a plumber, I don't want to do that. That's just not a thing that appeals to me. So um, I also basically have no skills. Like, I am a writer. I uh, make terrible jokes. But aside from that, it's not like I'm really good at taking things apart and putting them together. So being a mechanic is out. Uh, I have no concept of time. Like, there's just all these other things that make a certificate or a trade school just not the best idea for me. So I also made the decision to switch fields, going from support into marketing. And even though I have a ton of job experience, um... And even a lot of experience that's relevant to the kinds of roles that I would want to do in a marketing department, nine out of 10 of them list a bachelor's degree as a requirement. And I looked at a lot of jobs. I've been applying for jobs 
before I started school, I had been applying for jobs for a couple of months. And every job, bachelor's degree required, bachelor's degree required. It didn't even say like bachelor's degree or equivalent experience. It just straight up said bachelor's degree required. Uh, This is especially true if I want to stay in the tech sector. And I really do. Um, Tech supporting uh, some kind of product or uh, what they call software as a service is kind of my wheelhouse. Um, They also work in the tech sector. The benefits are amazing. Uh, The flexibility that they offer with most of these jobs is amazing. Uh, I've worked remotely the entire time that I have been with this dating app. And a lot of the jobs that I've applied for in the tech sector, intend to be remote-focused companies, and they allow people to work all over the world, and that really appeals to me. don't necessarily want to live uh, somewhere other than the U.S., but having that option is good. Uh, I like that a lot. Not having a degree was seriously holding me back from getting one of these jobs, but also from negotiating a higher salary. Um, that was true when I started with my current company and I would really prefer not to have it continue to hold me back. And not only with jobs, but I've thought for a long time, uh, that people thought less of me for not having a degree. It's something that I'm very sensitive about. I have a bit of a complex and honestly, it could all be in my head, but I feel like even if somebody got to know me and I'm, you know, fairly intelligent, um, but if they got to know me and then they found out that I don't have a degree, they still saw me differently. Um, again, could be all in my head, especially because formal education isn't everything. And obviously it doesn't dictate a person's intelligence or inherent worth. But, you know, like I said, I've always had a bit of a complex about it. And it's really hard to shake that kind of feeling of inferiority. Um especially since so many of my friends and, you know, people I've dated and um, I really like nerds and nerds tend to be highly intelligent and highly educated. Um, So I'm what's called a non-traditional student. This is the special term that they use for adults who go back to school with full-time jobs, uh, people with kids, retirees, basically anyone who decides to be a student after the traditional student time in their life. And I understand why this term exists, but I don't like it. It feels very othering, like there are the regular students who did things the right way, and then all these other people who fucked up their lives and are now backtracking. Uh, That's kind of how I feel. And Again, it could be that I'm just being sensitive because I have a complex, but I really don't like being referred to as a non-traditional student. Um, It's like people with challenges are non-traditional students, and so they need to point it out to to everybody by using this term for us. Um, I also decide to go to school online, and I know that online college is like fake college and whatever. But I decided to do it this way specifically because I don't want to, you know, work an eight-hour day and then 
get ready for class and drive a half hour or 45 minutes to a college where I then have to find parking and wander around looking for my classroom and then sit in class for two hours and then drive a half hour, 45 minutes home and then try to find time to do schoolwork before I get up and go to work the next day. It's just not a thing that I can do. It seems like a lot of wasted time. So I intentionally decided to go to school online. But there is a perception that going to school online is somehow fake or doesn't count or any of that stuff. The school that I'm going to uh, is accredited. It's totally legit. Um, it's a not for uh, a nonprofit school, but explaining it to people has been a challenge, and that's part of why I'm so hesitant to tell people I'm even going to school. Um, and we kind of have come to the reason why I find going back to school so scary. Other people's opinions. Uh, I work really hard to not have other people's opinions of me matter or. Um, you know, have any impact on my self-worth, but that is really difficult and I'm not always capable of doing it. Um, so it's been hard for me to talk about being in school because I'm also a little embarrassed to be my age and just finishing my degree. And reactions from people have ranged from that kind of condescending, oh, how nice for you to that's so brave, which I think is equally condescending, uh, to straight up asking me why I'm bothering because I'm just going to drop out again. Uh, there are a couple exceptions to this, of course, uh, but, you know, the reaction has uh, been not great. And that's not a good feeling when you're excited about something or you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to finish my degree. I'm going to get better jobs and I'm going to be employable and whatever. And people just shit on you. Like, it's, <laughs> that sucks. Um, and hearing these things from the people around me, most of whom are people I love and respect who are supposed to feel the same way about me, it's really disheartening. Um, you know, all I'm really looking for is a, hey, nice job or something that isn't, well, why bother wasting the money because you're just going to drop out again. That's just, that's terrible. Um, but I am really terrified to fail. Um, I've gotten it in my head that this is like my last chance to finish this thing that's been weighing on me for the last two decades, meaning finishing my degree. Um, but what if I can't? What if I can't hack it? What if I don't have the work ethic? What if it's just too much for me? Um, uh, what if all those people who told me I can't do it are right? Um, you know, I very often <laughs> do things out of spite. I'm not too, uh, too big to admit that, but like, I don't want to have to do this, uh, to spite somebody. I want to do it because it's like the best thing for me. And like, I don't feel like spite is enough to keep me going, uh, when things get really hard. But, you know, it, I'm still equally terrified to fail. Um, and not just because failing again will be embarrassing, but also because of the debt. Like, I'm paying for this. 
regardless of whether or not I finish my degree, I'm going to have to pay it back eventually. Um, it's like I just paid off my student loans from my last attempt at school. It took me 15 years to pay off those loans. I don't want to get into a situation where I am paying off loans for uh, an education or a degree that I didn't actually get again. That sucked the first time. Really don't want to do it again. And, and to be fair, the school that I'm currently enrolled in is relatively affordable and it's structured in a way that allows me to take classes uh, as quickly as I can uh, or that works for me. Uh, but, you know, it's still several thousand dollars a semester. It's not free. I'm not going to walk out of school with $100,000 in debt like so many of my friends, but it's still money. And the money is a big deal. Not only because, like, you know, money, but also because I don't really invest in myself. I, I mean... I buy myself clothes, I buy myself makeup, like I make those kinds of investments, but I've never really put money or even really thought into investing in my future. Um, aside from my 401k, but like, that's a thing that everybody is supposed to have. Uh, but I've never stopped to think that, okay, if I spend this $10,000, it's going to increase my earning potential. And so long term spending this money is a wise choice to invest it in myself. I've just never been the kind of person who's going to do that. Um, and also, I've never been one to want to invest in my career because I didn't have one. I had jobs. But Going back to the beginning of this episode, I didn't have anything that I was really gung-ho about doing for long-term. There was just things that I did to make money in the short-term. So, how I'm dealing with this fear and imposter syndrome and constant insecurity about going to school, uh, I have assembled a pretty spectacular uh, support team. That includes my fiancé, Dan, um, my two best friends, and my advisor. So I want to talk about my advisor first. Uh, I have heard so many horror stories from so many people, especially people going to grad school, about terrible, absent advisors. Like the kind of people who are never available when their students need them, who never like even meet with their students. Um, my advisor totally is not like that. Um, we have regular calls, sometimes weekly calls, to talk about my progress, how I'm feeling, what I want to do uh, with my degree plan, like what I want to take next. Um, we have a very open uh, relationship and we communicate very well together, but also like we communicate really well on like a human level, we just chat about our lives. And uh, I think that's pretty great. Actually. Um, I appreciate that she um, reaches out and asks me, how are you not just how are you doing with school? She's also been a huge cheerleader for me. 
Uh, there are times when sometimes what I need to talk about is just the fact that I am not feeling motivated and I need a little kick in the ass. And she is always happy to do that. And that's great. And I love her. And if I decide that I want to go to grad school uh, after I finish my bachelor's degree, she won't be my advisor anymore. And that's really sad. Um, so the next person, or rather the first person, he's top of my list always, is my fiance. We've only been engaged for a few months, but we've been together for a little over four years. Um, and he's been so supportive of everything. Like, I get it in my head all the time that I want to do a thing, and he just says, okay. Like, he doesn't ask me anything beyond, like, logistical questions. Like, when I got it in my head that I wanted to go to school, our first conversation was me saying, hey, I think I might want to do this. And him saying, okay, well, how much is it going to cost? And I told him and he went, okay, well, you should do that. And, and it was such a simple conversation and he didn't like want to know why he didn't want justification. He didn't care about justification. He just knew that it's something that I felt like I needed to do, needed to do and he was on board. Uh, he has done that. He did that with the podcast. He has done that with other projects that I've done in the past. And he's just like, okay. Um, very low key, very chill, kind of the best. He also brags about me to his friends. And I think that is adorable. And I really appreciate that. And he's not like, oh, hey, my girlfriend's better than your girlfriend or anything like that. But he will tell people like, oh, yeah she's in college. And like, he's just really cute about it. And I appreciate that he's proud of me and he wants to tell people that I'm doing this. So the second person is my childhood and adulthood uh, best friend and someone who's been like a surrogate sister to me. Uh, her name's Becky. And she's been pushing me to go back to school for almost a decade. Um, I can remember, um, being in her house, we had been drinking wine or something and she was like, dude, you got to go to school. You got to go to school. And me kind of like not blowing her off being like, yeah, 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 you've, you've done this. You've said this a million times, but she has always been really in favor of the idea of me going back to school. So when I told her, she was so excited and so proud of me and so on board. Um, and uh, my major is the same thing that she does like for work, but she has a super high stress, like high powered corporate executive job. Um, she also has two kids, one of whom is a toddler and she still like, will help me with schoolwork and talk to me about stuff I don't understand in classes. And she's just been so wonderful. And she celebrated every win with me um, just as much as Dan does. And she's told me approximately a million times how proud of me she is. And that's just, it's so great. It's been really great. I just love her. Um, and then, of course, my other best friend, Sarah, she will hopefully, and Becky too, actually, will hopefully be on the podcast soon. But Sarah is the woman that I call my wife. 
even though she's legally married to someone else. Uh, she has her own wife, but uh, it's been a joke that has been, you know, going on for years. And Sarah has been a huge cheerleader for me as well. Um, <laughs> her constant refrain about school is, yes, get it, wife. Um, every time I pass a test, every time I you know, turn in a paper and it doesn't come back with a, um, a million corrections. She gets super, super excited for me. Uh, and also when something goes wrong or I get discouraged, she reminds me why I'm doing this. Um, and also gets really mad. And, and the first thing out of her mouth is who do I need to call? <laughs> uh, and I, she makes me laugh so much, so often. Um, and she tells amazing dad jokes uh, that I hate, but they they do make me laugh. Uh, but dad jokes are kind of her thing, and she sends them to me anytime I get stressed out or too frustrated. A more recent addition to my uh, support network is actually an organization. Um, it is a co-working space slash networking group. Uh, it's called Palette, um, and it's a, a local thing here. There's one in a town called Saratoga, and there's one in a town called Schenectady. Both are relatively close to where I live. Uh, and it's run by and focused primarily on women. Like, there are men in this group, but, like, the founder is a woman, and uh, it's it's very much a supportive place for women. Women entrepreneurs, women in business, uh, women in high-powered finance jobs who work on Wall Street, uh, moms who sell stuff on Etsy. Basically, it's just a bunch of uh, people who appreciate and respect one another and want to provide any help they possibly can. Uh, for example... Um, I have been able to connect with, uh, two ladies who just started a local meetup group and I was able to give them some advice about, um, you know, member safety and, and things that I've learned in my actual job that may apply to the, uh, new venture that they're starting. So, uh, but people at, in this group do that for each other all the time and they don't, uh, expect anything in return other than like reciprocity. Like I will help you and you can help me. And uh, our skills don't necessarily uh, line up perfectly, but there are ways that we can help each other anyways. Uh, the other great thing about this place, uh, aside from the community and I, the community, honestly, is my primary um, reason for joining. Um, I started going to their, uh, weekly true, true crime club and kind of got hooked on how wonderful these ladies are, but it's also a co-working space. And like I said, I've been working remotely for years. Uh, and pre COVID, the only thing that kept me sane was the ability to go and like leave my house and work. Um, and during COVID, I realized how much I really, really, really needed that. And because this place is members only, uh, they were able to 
stay open at least for members so that I can go there and I can work and and it's quiet. There's no birds screaming. Um, there's no distractions other than, you know, just the cool stuff they have on the walls. But I've really, really appreciated having that. Um, and like I said, this group is just full of incredible women. Like, I have been in Albany for over two years. And because I work at home and don't ever really go anywhere, I haven't been able to make any friends. Uh, so these people are becoming my friends and that's fantastic. I'm so excited. Um, and it's, I appreciate that as a perfect stranger, they welcomed me immediately and they want to know what I'm working on and how school's going and what my newest project is and, and, and all of that stuff. So that's just, that's just awesome. And, uh, it's been a really great experience. So those are my support people. Uh, that's really how I'm dealing with the fear of going to school and the fear of failing. Because really, that's that's where the fear lies, is in failure. Um, so far, so good. But I don't have that degree yet. Thank you so much for listening. I'm not sure what the topic will be for... Um, our next episode in two weeks. But if you have any suggestions, feel free to send me an email and uh, I would love to hear from you. You can also rate, review, subscribe. Uh, the show is available on all of the major podcast apps um, and reviews are super helpful with a new show. So I would very much appreciate if you would review it. Uh, you can also find all of my social media links in the show notes. Um, I'm not uh, super active on social media, but there are some some gems there. So uh, feel free to follow me. And uh, until next time, don't let shit scare you.